My name's Tyler. I'm the director of student ministries here, uh, and uh, uh, I'm just super excited that you guys are here to be in the building and worshiping God, singing to Him. Uh, if you have kids, we're so glad that they're here as well. Please don't feel any pressure. Uh, um, if they're a little noisy, that's fine. We're just glad that you guys are here um, worshiping. I love to watch them dance as they're, they're going around. Uh, and if you're watching online, so glad that you guys are here with us as well. I uh, cannot wait to be able to see you guys' face uh, someday soon here, really soon. Um, and also just wanted to say really quickly, uh, if you brought a, a gift, we just want to say thank you so much. You can drop it in one of the giving boxes on the way out. Uh, there's either on the post here or there is one outdoor too as you guys are leaving. Uh, and you can also give online, so uh, be sure to to be able to do that. And we just want to say thank you for giving to the mission of Edinburgh Church uh, as we continue to uh, speak life into people's uh, hearts and minds uh, through the power of the gospel. So would you guys pray with me as we get ready to dive into this, uh, this next beatitude? God, I thank you so much that you know us, that you love us. God, I pray that you would be in this place, that these would be your words and not mine because uh, yours are, are just the best, and that's what we need. We need to hear from you, uh, not from uh, me as, as Tyler, but from you, from your Holy Spirit, God. And so we just pray that you would be glorified in this entire situation, God. We pray this in your name. And all God's people said, amen. I would do that with the students all the time. I say, and all God's people said, amen. And the devil said, Bummer, dude. There you go. Because when God's people pray, the devil says, bummer, dude. So there you go. Hey, we're in week six of our series called Hashtag Blessed. We have two Beatitudes left. Uh, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed this series this summer because I've enjoyed uh, being a part of this. And uh, I've been encouraged uh, as I've gone back over uh, Matthew 5 and just looked over that. I encourage you guys as well as we've been going through this to continue to go back and look over Matthew 5 because this passage is a constant reminder that God gives us to his followers, to Jesus' followers, it's a constant reminder of how we can live. And we see the nature of what it means to pursue Jesus within these Beatitudes. And I'll say it, and I'll keep saying it, but one of the greatest gifts that God has shown me through this whole Beatitude series has been the fact that God, uh, he, he chains these things together. The Beatitudes are, yes, we've been walking through them and teaching them like one by one, but they're actually tied together, and they continue to build off of each other. Last week, Pastor Josh talked about uh, how we should be pursuing being pure in heart. And he talked about this word integrity. And as I reflected over my own faith walk, over this, this, as we've been going through this series, I noticed something that correlated with the Beatitudes. And I've talked openly about how I've come to Jesus, how I went through uh, a season in my life when I was in my teenage years where I struggled with some anger and I struggled with pornography addictions. Um, and, and regardless of what your sin might be, okay, regardless of what sin it is that you struggle with, uh, we often want to treat the symptom meaning the sin, we often want to go there. But we forget to reach out and go to the root of the issue. When I was 25 years old, right before my first child was born, uh, we, uh, I went to the doctor because I had had, this probably is TMI, it's not in my notes, but we're going to go with it. Uh, but I had a, a rash on my back. And I went to the doctor and I said to the doctor, hey, I, after doing some research, you know, because I'm a WebMD doctor type thing, uh, I went to the doctor and I said, I think I have shingles. And she looked at me and she said, you're 25 years old, there's no way that you have shingles. And I lifted up my shirt and she goes, oh, you have shingles. And so I said, okay, is there like some topical cream that needs to go on? Is there something that needs to be like put on there? And she said, oh, no, 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 it's not a topical cream. We don't, we don't put that on. We need to treat the real issue, which is inside of you. 
And so they gave me these steroids, these pill steroids. Sorry, okay, weird. They gave me these steroids, and, and it was able to treat the deeper issue. When I was in the heart and the struggle of my pornography addiction, I had people looking at me and saying, just stop. Just, just stop what you're doing. And while that sounds good, it wasn't necessarily realistic. Because here's the thing. My acting out in sin was only a symptom of a deeper problem. Before I could live with a pure heart or before I could live with integrity, before I could deal with my sin problem, I needed to go back to the beginning. When we talked about in week one, being poor in spirit, understanding that we have a need for God. We need to understand that as, as, as followers of Jesus, we need to be dependent on God. We need to be like, we need him like we need air. And then mourning over our sin, a repentance. We need to repent over our sin. To say, God, I'm sorry to stop and turn and go the other way. We need a humility, a meekness about us. Because we can't begin to deal with sin problem if our own pride gets in the way. We need to have a humility. And then we begin to hunger and thirst for his righteousness. And then we become to become more merciful. And as God did a heart work, my behaviors followed. So often we want to deal with our actions or our sins before we actually begin to deal with our hearts. And God has used the Beatitudes to give words to what happened in my heart. How God began to work in my heart and began to change me. And my hope is throughout this series... Throughout the series, you will allow God to continue to do a heart work, that we continue to go back and allow God to do a heart work in us as he prepares us to be followers of his kingdom. I hope you guys have been encouraged by this series as I've been encouraged by this series as God has done a heart work in me. I hope God does a heart work in you. So with that, that was just a side note, right? With that, let's dive into this, the next uh, beatitude, which is peacemaker, okay? So it brings us here. As God begins to transform our hearts, he also calls us to a life of purpose. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew 5. We're going verse 9. Matthew 5, verse 9. It says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. It is no secret that right now we are living in some chaotic times. Would you guys agree? Yeah, right? Especially this year, 2020. I uh, posted a picture on my social media not too long ago, and uh, on it it said, it basically said, uh, I think that 2020 should now be a synonym for uh, the word crazy. Like, for example, hey, don't go over there. Things are a little 2020 over there, if you know what I mean. Or that guy over there, he's acting real 2020 right now. I think that's a pretty good description of kind of how our year has been gone. And it could be really easy. It could be really easy to look at all the things going on, all the things that are happening, and just want to run away and just want to hide. Maybe that's just me, but that is kind of how I've seen it. But as we look at this passage in Matthew, Jesus is telling us that we as Christ followers, we, if we proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we as Christ followers are called to pursue being a peacemaker. We are called to pursue being a peacemaker, to be someone that no matter the situation can be a peaceful presence. I believe that as Christ followers, as Christians, when we walk into a room, people should breathe a breath of fresh air and not go, buckle up, dude. We could walk into a room and be, bring peace. But being a peacemaker is more than just simply uh, getting people to stop fighting or to, uh, to uh, making sure that people are getting along. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. 
Okay, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And we often hear the word peace and we think of a lack of conflict or, or, or just not fighting. And while this is true, the word shalom, or in the Greek, irine, in the, is more than just an absence of conflict. It's more than just an absence of conflict. These words actually mean to restore to wholeness or to bring to completion. The picture that is painted in the Bible is a wall. And in the wall, there is a hole within the wall. And there is a lack of wholeness within the wall. And so to bring shalom or to bring irine to that wall, you fill it in and you bring it to wholeness. This is the picture that God is painting with this idea of shalom or peace And the word shalom can actually, in a sense, be used as a verb. Meaning, we can bring shalom to a situation. We can bring wholeness or completion into a situation. And so the biblical idea of peace that we are called to be as peacemakers is more than than just like an absence of conflict. It's so much more than that. The idea here that Jesus is calling us to is that we should be pursuing it and living out our identity in Christ. In Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. What it's not saying is, if you are a peacemaker, then people will, then you therefore become a child of God. What it's saying is, because we are children of God, because we are followers of Christ, a defining characteristic that we are called to have is to be a peacemaker, to bring peace, to bring shalom. defining characteristic of a follower of Jesus is that we are shalom makers. But how do we be peacemakers? It can seem like an overwhelming task. I want to give you today four points how I believe that we can live out and we can pursue being peacemakers. How do we be a peacemaker? The first one is this, is we need to receive peace. We need to receive peace. Throughout the Bible, we see God described as a God of peace. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says this, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole soul and spirit and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Now don't miss this. The fact that God is a God of peace is significant. And it's significant because we cannot be peacemakers unless we've experienced true peace. We cannot be peacemakers for the kingdom of God unless we've experienced true peace. Now there's a distinction when I say peacemakers for the kingdom of God. The peace that God is calling us to, the shalom that God is calling us to. Jesus is described as the prince of peace. We cannot experience true peace without Jesus. It is through Jesus that we as humans, we as people have experienced real peace. So if we want to know peace, we have to know Jesus. And if there is no Jesus, then we have no peace. Listen to what it says here in Colossians 1, 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, him being Jesus, verse 20, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things on heaven, by making peace through his, Jesus' blood, shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds, or, and we were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. We were at odds with God. We were enemies with God. 
But through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross, God has made peace, has brought us into shalom, has brought us into a wholeness, into a restoration with God. We've been restored. We can know true peace with God. Because of that peace, we are called children of God. We see from the very beginning of the Bible, all throughout the Bible, God's plan all along was peace, to bring us back into shalom. God wanted us to be, to live in peace with him. That's been his plan all along. Because we are restored, because we have peace, we can now be peacemakers. Because we have seen what reconciliation looks like, making whole shalom looks like, we've seen what it looks like. So to be able to be a peacemaker... To be able to be a peacemaker, we have to experience peace that is only found through Jesus Christ. We can find peace in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you're sitting here and you're going, I want that peace, it can be found in Jesus. It's simply by believing in Jesus and trusting in him, making him the Lord of your life, you can find that peace. So then the next one, number two, how can we be peacemakers? I believe that we need to pray for peace. One of the things I love about Scripture is that even in the passages that are calling us to live things out, in those passages that are saying we need to live out in this way or we need to pursue these things, we don't have to do it in our own strength. Thank goodness for that because I am incapable of living out most of the things that God calls me to in my own strength. For example, in the case of the Beatitude, when we're called to be a peacemaker, we are never expected to be this or do this on our own. Isn't that a good news? What do I mean by this? When we submit our lives to become followers of Jesus Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit. We see this in Ephesians 1.13 as a mark. The Holy Spirit is what equips us to live out being peacemakers. The Holy Spirit is what equips us and allows us to do this. Because peace is a fruit of the Spirit, and when we walk in step with the Spirit, we begin to see it as a byproduct of our walk with God. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. You see that? The Holy Spirit, as we walk in step with the Spirit, produces these kind of things in our life. The things are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And this is good news. Because if I'm totally honest with you, the call to be a peacemaker, I don't always feel that. As a matter of fact, I even right now have conflict in my life that I don't really honestly feel like I want to be a peacemaker right now. There's not, there's not this, this like warm, fuzzy feeling in the idea of being a peacemaker in those moments. And oftentimes, I want to scream, I want to yell, and I want to punch things. That's how I often deal with my problems, okay? Probably not healthy. Let's just be honest. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, when I seek God, when I seek the Holy Spirit and say, God, would you allow me to be a peacemaker? Would you lead me? We need to pray that God's Spirit would be put in us, and we need to pray even as we step into those conflict moments. Not too long ago, uh, I was fighting with my uh, older brother, Jason, okay? Not like fighting, but like we, we had some things going on and we needed to deal with them. And so he set up a time through text message, set up a time and said, hey, we just need to talk. We need to, we need to figure these things out. And let me tell you this, okay? I'm going to tell him myself. I had every argument ready to go. I was like, he says this, I'm going to say this. He says this, I'm going to say this. He says this, I'm going to be like, right there. And you know what this guy does to me? The first thing he says 
He says, hey, Tyler, man, I just want you to know I love you. And I think we need to pray. I was like, no, Ugh! he's right. And so we prayed. And we asked the Holy Spirit to intercede. We asked God to intercede so that my agenda, my kingdom wasn't the focus and his kingdom and his agenda wasn't the focus, but that we would come to shalom, that we would come to wholeness, that we would come back together as brothers. And you know what happened? We talked it out. We went through. And out the other side, the relationship was restored because we've depended on God. We went to God. We prayed for peace, and we, and we asked God to give us the Spirit and prepare us to be peacemakers, because here's what happens. Listen to this, and I, I have it on the screen. I want you to see this. Prayer can disarm our hearts of stone and align our hearts with the heart of Jesus. Prayer, when we ask the Holy Spirit to intercede, it can disarm our hearts of stone, because I had all the things that I was going to tell my brother, Right? But in his wisdom, in Jason's wisdom, he said, oh, you know what? We need to go before the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God to give us the ability to be peacemakers. And it disarmed my heart of stone and aligned my heart with Jesus and allowed us as brothers to come back together in shalom, in restoration, in wholeness. When we understand that true peace comes from God, we should seek it out from him. The third point. How do we be peacemakers? We need to make peace. As followers of Jesus, we are called into ministry of being a peacemaker. We are called into that ministry. We're called to make peace. Because when we receive the peace from God, we are reconciled and we are called children of God. John 1, 12 says, But those all who believe in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. It is God's work that allows us to become children of God, not our work as peacemakers that gets us to be children of God, but because God, what Jesus did on the cross, when we accept him, that's what gives us the right to be called children of God. And when we're children of God, now our calling in life is to go and to be peacemakers. I love this passage that gives us this mission in 2 Corinthians 5. You've probably heard this before, but this is talking about our calling, how we are called into the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we're called to. It says this in verse 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive in his name life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, we will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This is this new calling in our life. This new, this new direction that we go in our life because of Jesus. Because he has transformed us into a new person. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view or from my kingdom point of view. Where I, how I think I should view people, but how God views them. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and the new life has begun. There's an identity statement right there. That's an identity statement. When we are in Christ, that old person is gone. The new life has come. We're called to be peacemakers. Here comes, here comes the, the, the call. Ready? Verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. There's the reconciliation. There's shalom. And God has given us, you and me, Christ followers, Christians, we have been given 
this task of reconciliation or reconciling people to him. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are, in, we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God is making his appeal through us, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ to have never sinned, who had never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We have been invited into the work of God. We have been invited into God's work. We are called to be reconcilers, to be peacemakers, to be bringers of shalom. And I see this played out in two ways. This plays out in two ways. We are Christ's ambassadors. Jesus is using us as though he's making his appeal through us, saying, come back to God. Because we have been given peace, we can tell other people about that peace. We are not called to be peacekeepers. And what I mean by that is we're not called to have been given the peace by God and keep it for ourselves. We are not called to be peacekeepers. We are called to be peacemakers, people who go out and make peace to say to people, you can be reconciled with God. You can know peace. You can know true peace through a relationship with Jesus Christ because that is what God has given us. We have been tasked with telling people how they can find shalom in their life. We've been tasked with telling people how they can find shalom, how they can know the creator of the universe. We can live in such a way that people, when they look at our lives, they go, wow, peace is attainable. We can live that out in our life. Peace is attainable through Christ and Christ alone. We also see it play out in our relationships, in our day-to-day. When we see the word peace, all too often we can assume that it's just trying to stay out of conflict. But can I make an argument that sometimes maybe we're called as peacemakers to step into the conflict? I know it might be easier to just be a peacekeeper, to stay out, to not speak up, to not stand up for what is right for fear of retribution or whatever, but we are called to be bringers of shalom, of peace. Because let's face it, conflict is unavoidable. Unless you're living in the Smoky Mountains as a hermit, conflict is unavoidable. So how do we step into conflict as a peacemaker? In every conflict, in everything we step into, whether we created it or whether we're just stepping into it or, or however it is, when we step into conflict, I believe we have to ask this, this question. Am I seeking to win for my kingdom or am I seeking to win for God's kingdom? Am I seeking to win for my kingdom or for God's kingdom? Because God's kingdom defines peace and defines it as shalom, to bring into wholeness, to bring into restoration. So within your marriage, are you trying to be right or are you seeking to restore? My dad has a saying that he says when uh, two people are fighting uh, in a marriage, no one actually wins. Right? You think like, oh, I got to win here, I got to win here. No, when two people are fighting, nobody actually wins. Well, that's not true. The woman always wins. But like, 
Nobody actually wins. Are we seeking to restore the relationship or are we seeking to be right? When you're in conflict with your family, when you're in conflict in the church, are we seeking God's kingdom or are we seeking our own agenda, our own whatever we want? Are we seeking it or are we seeking what God wants for us? And this is important in the church because if we can't get it right in the church, if we don't have shalom in the church, man, I don't, I don't know how we can invite people into it and be like, hey, come on in, right? We should be seeking out shalom. Uh, peace in our church, in our church family, because, hey, we're a bunch of flawed individuals, right? I told you I wanted to punch my brother in the face, and I'm the pastor, right? We're flawed individuals, but when we seek out to restore relationships, to be people of peace, peacemakers, that even when we're in conflict with somebody else, that we reach out and we go and we have a conversation, and it's not a matter of I'm going to be right, I'm going to show you, but it's I want to restore this relationship so that we can get back to the mission that God has called us to, to live the hashtag blessed life. We want to restore back to that. When someone wrongs you or hurts you, are you seeking revenge or are you seeking reconciliation? And sometimes revenge... My oftentimes form of revenge is the silent treatment. And I'm just going to ignore you. I'm going to pretend like, like, just push away. It's not always the acting out and going at it. It's sometimes it's that, that Minnesota uh, passive aggressiveness. You know what I'm talking about? No? Just me? Cool. Okay. All right. And believe me, okay? It is hard work to make peace. It is. Because it's not this this hippie shirt, barefoot, flower picking type of peace. It's the back torn by the whip, mocked and ridiculed, carried the cross to the hill where he hung and died type of peace. Because the way that Jesus went about making peace was not easy. And he calls us to live like him. And so it might mean that making peace is a really difficult thing. It is a really hard thing. But we are called to make peace. Church, we have believed the lie that it is not our job to, not, it's not our job to be peacemakers. That is not true. We are called to bring peace, to be a blessing to this world, to tell people that they can have peace with God. So who do you need to make peace with today? Who do you need to call? Who do you need to seek wholeness with? Maybe some of you are on the edge of divorce. Are you seeking your kingdom? And what you want, are you seeking wholeness that's found in Jesus Christ? Maybe you're in conflict with someone else and you just want to end that relationship. But shalom is bringing peace. It's coming into peace. This world is... Very 2020 right now, right? See what I did there? Crazy. This world is really 2020 right now. And God has called us to be follow, his followers, to be peacemakers. We cannot hold on to that peace and look around and say, why doesn't someone do anything? Oftentimes we look around and go, why doesn't something, somebody do something? And God is looking at us going, I have, I chose you to make the appeal, to be the ambassadors of Christ, to be the bringers of peace so that we can step in and we can be peacemakers in a moment in the craziness of this world. God is looking at his church and he's saying, I am using you. Not in your own strength. That's why I gave you the Holy Spirit. But I need you to step out. 
to pursue being a peacemaker, to step into the identity that I've already given you. You are a child of God, so now live out being a peacemaker in this time. And the fourth point is this. We need to pray for peace. It's not a typo. We need to pray for peace. The fourth point is we need to pray for peace. Sometimes we're going to do the work that God has called us to. We're going to set out. We're going to seek to be peacemakers. And sometimes it doesn't work. Maybe the person doesn't want to reconcile. Maybe the person might reject God. Maybe they want to sit and hold the grudge or do the Minnesota passive-aggressive thing. What then? Did we fail? Did we miss it? I want to give you a little encouragement through this passage here in Romans. Romans 12, 14 through 18, it says this, Bless those who persecute you. Do not curse them. Pray that God will bless them. There's that prayer. You need to pray for peace. Verse 15, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and do not think you know it all. I underline that in my Bible. Verse 17, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone will see you as honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Verse 18 right there. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. We are called to be peacemakers. We as Christ's followers are called to step out and to be peacemakers. To seek to reconcile. To seek to shalom with people. We can't control other people. But we're called to step out. We're called to go in that. To do everything you can to live at peace with everyone. Do all that you can. That person may not want to make peace, but we as children of God are called to do that. We're called to be peacemakers. And when we've done all that we can do, and maybe they don't want to reconcile, maybe they don't want to, you know what we can do? We can pray. We can pray that God blesses them. We can pray that God continues to work in their lives because prayer is powerful. Because if prayer can melt our hard heart, prayer can for sure melt somebody else's hard heart. And so we pray for those people. We don't seek out to just be like, forget them. No, we pray for them. And we love them. And we seek, continually do what we can to seek to be peacemakers in their lives. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Jesus is telling us what a defining characteristic of a Christ follower is. A peacemaker, a shalom bringer, a restorer. Because we've seen it. We've seen God work and restore in our life, and so we've seen what it looks like, and so we can actually live it out in our lives because we've seen what it looks like. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. When people look at our lives, are we described as peacemakers? As we live out the point that people, or as we live out, we point people to Jesus and are recognized as children of God. As we seek to be peacemakers, imperfectly as imperfect as we're going to do it. But we can point people to Jesus. My prayer is that we'll be a church that continues to seek out to do the work of shalom, of restoring, of reconciling. That we'd be a church full of peacemakers. People who seek the kingdom of God, seek to restore relationships under the unity 
of Jesus Christ. We're called to be peacemakers. Would you guys stand with me as we close in prayer and prepare to worship God and reflect on the truth that's found in Him? God, I pray, I pray that we would be peacemakers. God, I pray that we would seek out to to be restored with you first so that we can live it out and we can point people back to you. Like it says in 2 Corinthians, that we would be your ambassadors, that we would be Christ's ambassadors as though you were making your appeal through us. We say, come back to Christ. God, may we restore people into peace with you, but God, also to seek to restore peace in our relationships. God, may you be glorified. May we constantly always point to you. And God, I pray that as we lift up these songs to you, that we would understand that it is through you that we find true peace and are able to live it out through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit because I cannot do it on my own. I know that I cannot do it on my own. That's why I need you. So God, fill us with your Spirit. Fill us, fill us, fill us so that we can live the blessed life that blessed life that is only found in you. God, may every single one of these words be a testimony of your love and of your faithfulness. In your name we pray, amen.